welcome to Tapped In with Ashley. Welcome to the first Tapped In podcast. Um, A really good friend of mine, we've known each other for 17 years. We were classmates for 12 of those years. And I've had the great privilege to watch her journey into growing her business and realizing that she was an entrepreneur and a business owner. Um, My first ever guest is Kai Hill. She is the owner, founder of Kai Hill Metalsmithing. And I'm super excited to dive into all things about how she got started and to hear her stories. For people who don't know you, do you want to give like a little brief background of like, who you are, your business, all that fun stuff? Yeah, so I'm Kai, like you said, and Ashley and I both grew up in Maryland (laughs) and spent many a year playing basketball together and drawing fancy pictures for educational purposes. And I started making jewelry in middle school, just kind of tossing wire beads together and kind of bloomed from there. And I quickly learned some sales techniques such as locking a lot of people in a room and standing by the door and not letting anyone leave until they had bought something. Like at the bazaar or did you (laughs) No, like family functions or when all my parents' friends got together, I would just stand by the door and be like, excuse me, have you bought anything yet? Oh, you haven't? That's, you can't leave yet. Um, and luckily, my things were only selling for like three and five dollars, so it's pretty, pretty good sales. A bargain, back. yeah, yeah. Um, and then I went to boarding school in tenth grade, and while I was there, I took some nighttime silversmithing lessons, and totally got hooked. And when I came back from boarding school, I invested in a few of my own tools, just a saw and a hammer, basically and use some of the techniques that I had already learned doing woodworking with my dad and things like that. They're really similar, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, they kind of blossom from there. So did you always like from 10th grade till now, were you like, this is going to be like what I want to do? Or was it more like, oh, I think I'm going to do something else. And then this was my side thing. Or like, how did that come about? I was definitely in denial. Yeah. Like everyone else probably knew that it was what I was going to do because I Mm -hmm. didn't talk about anything else and I spent all of my money and time on it. Um, But I actually wanted to be an architect and I was almost going to go to college for architecture. Yeah. And I think there's still an element of that in there. I'm still incredibly fascinated with building and construction and just architecture in general, but Mm -hmm. I think it shows up in jewelry in different ways. But I think I only admitted it to myself last year that I wanted really? to actually be a jeweler. Yeah. I was wow. constantly trying to find other things that I was going to do. Yeah. And I think it was more just, I don't know what I was thinking. I, don't <laughs> I think I was kind of afraid to take that leap and it was sort of an untrodden path. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that many people who I kind of looked at and said, that's what I want to do. So yeah, it kind of, grew on its own and then hit me in the face last year. <laughs> so you built your own studio. Mm-hmm. When? I started probably two years ago. Okay. Actually building the space, but I collected the tools since 10th grade. Um, I also 
kind of, I don't know if win is the right word, but I received a grant from my school and bought almost every tool I would need for my whole studio ever. Do you want to plug your school or you want to leave that anonymous? <laughs> I went to Colorado College. Yay! <laughs> um, but it was a, actually a really amazing grant that a family of a student who had passed away made for art students. Okay. Um, and it actually changed the whole trajectory of my life. Mm -hmm. The reason that I'm doing what I'm doing now. So yeah, we can plug them for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think if that hadn't happened, I don't think I would be where I am now. Mm -hmm. um, and the studio building came out of that as well. I bought a vintage horse trailer with that grant money and started. And you can follow the trailer itself on? Puffin McChucky Wag Dog. <laughs> we'll have to write it's actually the cutest, people. it's the cutest trailer. It's so cute. Yeah, we were going to make a better name for it, but none ever showed up and the funny ones stick. So I'm still trying to name my car, so I understand. I've had it four years, so it's fine. Sometimes it just tells you what its name is and you can't argue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that trailer is always going to be a project of mine. It's not close to finish, but it's really awesome where it is. And yeah. I'm almost fully working out of it these days. So, so you have the trailer... And even when you were building that, you still were like, eh, this isn't going to be my full-time gig. Like, what were you, mm -hmm. <laughs> so what were you going to do? Like, because literally I feel like, uh, obviously we haven't actually spoken like, like this in years. So sidebar, Ella and I went to a Waldorf school together. Google it if you don't know what it is. I'm sure I'll talk about it in the future a lot. It will come up all the time. But These it's wax might jog your memory if you have Yeah. <laughs> the whole, it's a whole thing. It's all about art and stuff. Um. But after college, like, we obviously have, like, been following each other and, like, kind of texting or whatever. We haven't, like, actually sat down and had a conversation. So from what I've seen of your journey, like, on social media, which, again, we're coming away from that and trying to have <laughs> conversations, um, has been, like, your jewelry. So what, in your mind, <laughs> like, not doing that full time? <laughs> I guess the only reason I got Instagram was for my jewelry. So okay. I never, like planned on not showing it to everyone. Yeah. Um, I think m when I did say that I wasn't going to be a jeweler, I was leaning towards being a teacher, like teaching at a jewelry school or an art school or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I still was in denial about the actual making it part. And that's partly because I love teaching almost as much as I love making things. Um, but I think they're still going hand in hand. And I still teach sometimes at this other studio that I work at. Um, so I don't know why I was in denial still once I bought a trailer <laughs> to make into a studio, but I think it was sort of a, like a 20s, young 20s plan where my partner and I would drive the trailer around the country and make money by making jewelry and then get on with our real lives after that, which mm -hmm. now I realize this is my real life. I can do yeah. So was there like one moment where you're like, oh crap, this is like gonna work and this make sense for me like what was that one moment for you did you have it was almost a negative version of what you just said where okay. I was being a full-time nanny for almost a year and it was more like oh crap I don't want to do this anymore yeah. <laughs> I need to do something else and my obvious fallback was my jewelry and it was sort of like I need to make the decision right now whether I'm ready to commit to making this work or not mm -hmm. and 
if not, then I need to drop it and do something else. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't ready to go for that second option. So, so you like quit your day job and then fully committed. Mm-hmm. And the reason I got the nanny job was sort of to still make jewelry on the side, but be able to really support myself. And mm-hmm. it ended up having to be the other way around because I was just not happy. <laughs> yeah. So now you're fully like all you do is your jewelry everything and I work part-time for a jewelry store in downtown Durham North Carolina because you're because yeah, you're based in Durham mm-hmm, yeah I'm based in Durham and I work for Hamilton Hill part-time and that kind of helps support myself as well and just I'm learning so much about designers and different types of jewelry and terminology and all the administrative stuff that goes on behind a big jewelry business so. but it all like supports you and and your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. They're really supportive of me and really helpful. And they're going to maybe work with me on launching this um, engagement line. So. Okay. So let's talk about how that came about. Cause we just talked about that before we started recording. Um, how did that come about? And you mentioned something about like becoming who you are now and you were like, I'm not ready. So if you want to touch on that. Yeah. Well, I think partly, the reason why I kept making jewelry even when I was nannying and doing all this other stuff is because people still for some reason kept back coming back for commissions and whether it was like not quite engagement rings usually but promise rings or anniversary presents and things like that so that's always been the reason I keep coming back and then people started seeing a little more maturity in my work I guess and started trusting me with more intense pieces things with Mm -hmm. diamonds and more fancy stones and then the more I did them the more inspired I was to actually commit to that kind of level of design which before I was sort of like no I'm not a hoity-toity jewelry I'm not going to get into that kind of thing but then hoity-toity techniques are so fun so I want to get into it yeah (laughs) yeah well I'll say from personal anecdote I gave you an opal that I had found in Idaho years and years ago and I'm wearing it right now I have (laughs) I need to send it back to you with the ring that Morgan got for me to get tightened because it's too big for me and I want um the clasp tightened but I wear literally every day um it goes with everything and and it's so fun too because it has like such a fun story behind it like it's like here's a rock it has three cool layers (laughs) and you do something with it where you see the three layers you're like yeah 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 and then I didn't give you like a timeline or whatever. And then you surprised me with this like awesome piece. And I think two years later, (laughs) so many people were like, I want that. How do you like, and I just sent them to you. I was like, Kyla, go as high Kai. Yeah. But I think that's the coolest part is that you bring such like a personal touch to everything that you do. Even like for this, this was so random. I was like, I have a rock. <laughs> something with this rock. And you took it. And it's something that I I literally wear every day. I switch between this and um, a necklace that my grandma left me. Um, I have to um, tell you a little secret. I have to admit something to you. I'm ready. I'm so intimidated by that rock. Really? I was like, I literally have no idea what to do with this. <laughs> really? That's so, okay. I, I like that. It took me so long. I would like think about it all the time. I'd like, try something and I'll take it apart. <laughs> really? Yeah, but it was good for me because I really had to like let it happen and let the yeah. rock tell me what it wanted because I really literally had no idea. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, because I remember I'd, I'd be like, oh, how's, how's it going? Like, oh, I don't know. 
And it's funny because I wasn't not doing anything about it. Yeah. I was just like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, at that point, I, at that point, I hadn't even like, I was like, oh yeah, she has it. The biggest thing, I didn't want you to lose it because yeah. other fun story about this. So I'm a, I went to school to be a geologist. I'm now working as an environmental scientist. Um, I'm in that like scientific world. But at the time, um, when I was doing, we called it field camp, which is what it was on. So we went out to the Tetons and Yellowstone. Mm. Oh my God, the best trip ever. And my credit card got shut off. They had um, detected fraudulent, quote unquote, activity. So I had like 20 bucks to my name in cash and then my credit card. And I go to buy like snacks because we stopped, we were like stocking up every week or so to get like all the groceries for our camping. And I go to Walmart to buy like pickles and random snacks and stuff and it de declined. So I called my bank and they're like, oh yeah, we, we had all this fraudulent stuff. So we issued you a new card. I was like, oh, that's helpful. <laughs> longer, <laughs> no longer at home. Like I'm traveling. So um, for the rest of the trip, I just collected rocks for friends and family <laughs> because I couldn't pay for souvenirs or anything. <laughs> my souvenir this is something that like I found we went to an opal mine in Idaho um and I found a few different opals and my mom loves rocks and shells shout out to Michelle um <laughs> got her opals but this was the one that like I wanted to keep because it was I like it has the dolomite the opal and the silica and you can see it all sorry I'm going and it has that amazing texture on the surface yeah that. so I'm going on like a nerdy tangent um but that's, I was like, I just don't want her to lose it. Like, I don't care if she can't do anything with it. I just don't want her to lose it. And then it comes back and it's like my favorite piece ever. <laughs> yeah, um, just shout out to my organization system. Some may look at it and not see it as organized, but I know exactly where everything is. <laughs> perfect. That's all that, that's all that matters. Um, yeah, I've had to upgrade to a safe since then, but. Oh, yeah. We're doing well now. <laughs> um, okay, so with your engagement line coming up. What's the timeline for that? Is like, are you making rings and then people can buy them or are they all custom? Like, what is the process for that? Well, it's a little balance of both and it's sort of an experiment, so I'm not totally sure yet. But um, right now it has been most, it's been only commission. And I work very closely with the person. To, they send me pictures of things that they've seen before that they like and so I can get their style. And then we see if they have any old metal from their grandparents or something or stones that I can incorporate. It's like very involved, often takes months of back and forth emailing. Wow. Which is a lot of work. Yeah. And it's really special, but it's a lot of work. Um, so this new line is going to be a few different styles within my vein of what I like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's going to be, I haven't decided whether it's going to be slightly customizable or not at least probably not at the beginning. And then I carve them all in wax, which you won't be able to see on the podcast, but I'll show Ashley. Oh, cool. <laughs> and they're these little wax rings and I can carve them with a file and I can rub them on my jeans and get different textures and stuff. So it's very Waldorfian. <laughs> and then sometimes we can get cast by a woman who's basically like me, who runs a casting company in California. Shout out to Jenna Hanschel. Um, and she's going to send them back while casting gold and then I can set diamonds in them from there. Wow. So, and then she'll keep a mold. So if somebody orders one, I can send it out so I can do it slowly. I won't order a bunch and then be stuck with them so I can yeah. kind of feel it out. But Is I do common? want to also 
advertise that <laughs> I'm very aware that the engagement industry is like just a crazy place. Mm -hmm. And you can buy a ring that is not an engagement ring and a ring that is, and they look exactly the same. And the one that is an engagement ring is like five times more expensive. Mm -hmm. And also they're so heteronormative, like all advertisements for engagements, everything. And I really want to push back against that if I can. And I want to prioritize queer couples and like untraditional weddings. Mm -hmm. Anything that is not your usual is right up my alley. So Love that. I've been really working towards making that a little more accessible to people who don't feel comfortable going into a huge, fancy jewelry store and being like, I don't want any of this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I will say my, for sure. my funny story along with that, and then I'll ask you a question to follow up on that. Um, Morgan and I, we were with Ryan, his uh, fiance, my brother is now getting engaged and going through the whole marriage process and his ring search thing. He has funny stories about, but they're not my stories to tell. So I'll let him do that. Um, but Morgan and I, we had just finished going wedding dress shopping with Sarah and we went across the street. There was a Tiffany's. We're like, oh, we're just going to kill time, walk around. And we're two girls. You know, we could be in love. We're sisters. People sometimes mistake us for couple. We hold hands a lot, my sister and I. Um, and we just walked in and we looked nice because we were going dress shopping and, you know, we weren't bums. We weren't wearing Crocs and whatever. Not that I have anything against Crocs, but <laughs> in a Tiffany's, maybe not. But so we looked nice and we got followed around the entire store. Like it was like, there was a girl with a clipboard just like following us. And we like, a, and I, I kind of wanted to get something. I was like kind of torn with the idea. There's been a few things I'm like, ah, oh, that'd be so cool if I got that. Um, but it just made us so uncomfortable. And I don't know if it was because, you know, we weren't like a boy girl couple or if it was because they're like, these schleps don't actually have money to buy anything or <laughs> what it was, or if that's just their policy of like, oh, you are trying to be helpful or something. Yeah. But, and even if I like, if I had been set on getting something, it probably would have deterred me from actually doing it because it was just very uncomfortable and overwhelming. Um, Morgan was more overwhelmed than me I was just like go away like that was my biggest thing but I can see how if you're not the like quote-unquote normal couple going into a big store like that can be very overwhelming and judgmental yeah. so that's awesome that you're trying to be more so intimidating yeah. yeah yeah and I think also that I mean there are so many different kinds of commitment ceremonies that the classic wedding doesn't make sense for so many people and also they're just kind of getting a little bit old yeah and I think that often that calls for an untraditional ring as well so and has that come couples when they have a new idea for something and they I the first thing I ask is what is your upper budget limit like we're gonna you tell me that first and then we're gonna work from there instead of here are all these things oh too bad. You can't afford any of them. Good luck. <laughs> so I try to go the other way. So like, let's work with what we have and make it awesome. Nice. Everyone deserves something beautiful to represent. Yeah. Them, so and I, I definitely feel that in your work, like a lot of it is very unique. Like I love the scribble earrings that you have. Um, and those are very affordable, like out of mm -hmm. thing that's not something that you'd be like, oh shit, I can't afford that because it's five million dollars like whatever it is <laughs> exactly. um but it's also I think it's 
so unique that everyone who has a piece from you, like I was speaking to my necklace, like it just makes you feel you're like I'm the only person who has this. <laughs> Pretty cool. But also it's unique in terms of style. You see like, you know, and I've fallen into this too. You see everyone on Instagram has like the layered necklaces or like mm-hmm. all the very complicated rings or whatever. You're like, I want that. But then you go a step further. You're like, well, do I really want to be like one of the many people or do I want to have like a few pieces that are really important and like have a lot of meaning and make me feel really good? Mm-hmm. And it's like the style over fashion thing. It kind of ties into fast fashion and mm-hmm. like what you're wanting to spend your money on. If it's something yeah. that you want to pass down to your grandchildren or something that'll make you look like whatever celebrity is hot right now. Yeah. Like it's priorities. Yeah. I also yeah. too like you were saying like I need I was saying I need to get this clasp redone and stuff and you're like oh yeah just send it and like also mm-hmm. back to you like it all comes with it like so I know working with you with your business it's all you're not someone who's like oh that's gonna be 20 bucks or oh that's gonna be this and there's not like a lot of you never yeah yeah there's not any like built-in costs you're like a true human who wants to give someone like something that will last for their entire life and not just be something that breaks and you throw away yeah and I always that's my policy is I always repair something that I've made and I often don't repair things that I haven't made because not willing to take the risk of accidentally melting your grandmother's (laughs) favorite ring ever (laughs) but I am always going to repair for free the things that I have made because that goes into you buying it that's part of the price is that you have forever care of it yeah so going back to like the customizations and like that of like, Oh, I have my mother's grandmother's blah, 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 blah. Um, would you, and for example, like my grandma had a lot of random things that are very not in style now. So if we want to do something like, what is that process of like, okay, we have X, Y, Z pieces and these components, can you make something for us? Like, how would we go about that process with you? Yeah. So in the past it's been with people that I either know, in my area or that I even live with. So it's been very easy to do that of being like, bring them into my room and let's see. <laughs> um, but over email often works or text where you, I get sent all of the pictures, very detailed pictures of things that somebody has like grandmother's jewelry. Mm-hmm. And then if we want to go ahead, we maybe shoot around some ideas like, okay, I like rings or these would all be really special if you can make them into one ring or two rings that all match or a necklace or something. And then I toss around some ideas, maybe some sketches of things that I think could work. And then if I, once I receive all of the actual pieces of jewelry and take all the stones out, then I can really look and see. And then we really get to designing and there is some trust in it on yeah. the customer's part because I don't use CAD or, any of the online design tools at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. So I can't send a 3D model of what I'm going to make. And mm-hmm. it's, I honestly don't even take that much time in sketching, which is something I'm working on because I know I have those skills. I just want to do baby. want to break it apart and do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so there is some trust involved. And that's part of it when you're working with someone who's doing custom. There's some risk that, Things won't go as you plan, but that's part of the adventure of it. And I really try to, I send pictures as I'm going along. And before I set the stones, I'm like, okay, this is what it looks like. Do you want to change anything? So I'm very 
communicative. I don't just like send you something that's not anything what we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. like, that would be just genius. And through that <laughs> communication process, like how long from, okay, I'm interested that first email to like you receive the final product and you have the payment, like how long, I'm sure it depends, but like a, maybe a range. Um, like I said, definitely depends, but um, depends on how communicative the other person is because mm-hmm. I'm always there writing those emails. Um, it can take anywhere between one month to five months. Wow. And I'm sure with engagement rings, which is now your bread and butter, I'm sure will become your bread and butter. That's on the longer. Yeah. Especially because somebody will be like, oh, I'm proposing in eight months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa, you got things planned out. Congrats. Yeah. Um, then we can have time to really go back and forth and have minds changed and measure sizes secretly at night while somebody's sleeping or things like that. So what's, I feel like, obviously you're like just getting into this world, but I've heard like, obviously my brother is now engaged. Um, so I've heard some and a bunch of my friends are now engaged. So now behind the scenes, like what are some of the more funny stories if you're at liberty to say? Um, that you've heard of like the measuring or <laughs> I want this to happen or, or you know um, let's see I think one funny story is I had a set of friends who were together and were gonna propose to one another but one of them wanted to pr- propose to the other as a surprise mm-hmm. and the other one wanted to sp- propose to the other as a surprise and they both came to me about it. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> what do I do? So then one of them was like, I think my partner will like this design. And that partner was like, well, if I were getting engaged, I would want this design. I'm like, mm, maybe you should look at these, right? So I was like, trying to, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> we trying to get each other each what they wanted. And at one point I was like, you know what? You both need to talk to each other and talk this plan through. Because How did it end up? <laughs> hmm? How did it end up? Like, then Corona hit, so oh. it was on hold, but it was funny. It, they told each other. and it That's was, so funny. It was really funny. So, it's just like, whoo, yeah. So on the topic of Corona, like how has this whole pandemic affected you and your business? Actually, it's been really humbling because there was, especially at the beginning, that huge outpouring of support for small businesses and yeah. artists' businesses. And I just was overwhelmed with love because That's so awesome. many people wanted to support me. I was getting more orders than on a really normal month. That's and awesome. I'm like amazed. So I know you did that sale and I was looking at, it was like one specific piece. I was like, I want that. And I was like, okay. And it was like, I was looking late at night kind of before bed kind of thing. I was like, tomorrow morning I'll buy it. <laughs> and I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Just like, everybody's at home sitting on Instagram and I put something up and they it's gone. At once, so, so you really, you're doing, okay. hmm? you're doing okay. I'm doing okay. Also, I have this other, I still have another job during the pandemic, yeah. which is really, I feel really lucky. And I have a lot of time to work for the first month. It was really hard to get myself to work. Just yeah. because it's like really freaking horrible. The world is horrible, and that definitely affects my ability to produce. So So it's more like the creativity wasn't there in the beginning. And I felt a lot of guilt about making little sparkly trinkets when 
I didn't have any medical skills. And I was like, why didn't I become a nurse? So there was a lot of guilt wrapped up in that. And there still is, of course. But I think there's also joy in receiving something special in the mail. And I find a lot of joy in giving people something that makes them happy. Or selling them a cereal. But... (laughs) Tomato, tomato. I want, I think that's, I feel like something that a lot of people struggle with. I was talking to Isabel, another one of our mutual friends. Shout out to Isabel. <laughs> we are talking about like how, how you can sell yourself as an artist and like assign value to something that you make. Cause you, you as the creator have joy in whatever you're making. So there's a, especially with females, I feel too, there's a lot of guilt wrapped up with being like, okay, I have this thing. I'm going to charge this much. Mm-hmm. And then you feel guilty if you're like, oh, it's expensive. So like, I'll reason out why, or you feel bad marketing yourself. Have you had to like come to grips with that? Or has that always been something you were talking about when you were younger selling and just being okay with <sighs> Have you struggled with that? Or have you always been like, this is what I'm worth. This is what I get. I wish I were like that person you yeah. just described a second. <laughs> Um, No, I've always struggled with pricing. And to anyone out here who's listening, if you go to a craft market or a market where people are selling things that they made, do us all a favor and never tell someone, oh my God, that's too expensive or that's so expensive. It's like, because this person has put in hours of time emailing, Instagram, writing their whatever's newsletters website texts everything it's like most of your life especially if you have a side job and then you buy materials train take classes pay money to take classes a ridiculous amount of money goes into teaching yourself a skill and then someone says it's too expensive and you're like okay all of that was worth nothing thank you very much and goodbye Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's a blow but often it's also really good to listen to those people engage because some people will come and be like oh my god you're not charging nearly enough so then you're like wait who's right what's going on what am i worth Mm -hmm. and it's important to take that in both of them don't put them on yourself but just hear them and then find what's comfortable for you and it's going to be uncomfortable at first i always well i won't say always i've mostly undercharged yeah with a lot of very dear friends have helped me through the years. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> no, you like, what did I pay you for some, even the sizing and stuff? And I was like, let me give you money. <laughs> like you have a skill set that I don't have. I, <laughs> like, I knit, that's my handicraft work still. Is I, I knit in my spare time and I can sometimes draw. Um, but like, you very what, much draw what? very well. You can draw very well. Just oh, shook. on the record. <laughs> Thanks. Um, no, but in general, like your skill set is so cool. And I think, I think you could probably charge more or again, I know nothing about it, but I think like you are one of those people who you're like, you, you, you have found that balance with like friends and family or whatever, like whatever makes you feel comfortable. But I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with is the whole pricing and Mm -hmm. especially with friends and family, I'm sure it's even harder because you're like, my mom, like, I want to give this to you. But so, or the other way around, people expect things from you. Like, but I'm your friend. You charge me, like, isn't there a friend discount? And you're like, yeah, this is the friend discount. Yeah. But yeah, so there's, it's tough, but also it's a huge learning community. And I was just talking to a jeweler that's 
starting out. Like she's really awesome jeweler and she's been working for a year or two and is also struggling with pricing. And I kind of described the pay yourself by hour idea. Like you're not actually paying yourself by hour, but if you were, you can pay yourself less as you're still learning, but then more as you learn more skills because you'll be faster and more efficient. And it makes more sense to charge more as you become better at it. And because we run our own businesses, we have more flexibility with that. But as I get more into more detailed work or more high-end work, I can charge myself more because I've put more time and energy and experience into it. So I'm definitely getting there. I'm almost paying or almost charging what it's worth, but still not quite yet. I will say, I just read, you know, I've been thinking about doing this podcast for a while now, and I have struggled with, like, what I want to do in terms of, like, creativity and giving back and adding value, not just, like, I'm an influencer, which is never <laughs> what I want to be. It's more, like, I want to have these conversations with friends and families and learn and, um, yeah, just add value to people's life. Um, so I read this book, and I highly recommend it to you and anyone else um, about business. It's called Business Boutique by mm. Wright. Um, she's a Ramsey personality. So Dave Ramsey has like his whole, uh, Ramsey solutions, but she's all about like helping women in their businesses. And she talks about that. And that's, I think what's been like this conversation. Jesse, (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of what spurred this conversation is, um, she talks about like pricing and how women really struggle with it. So I was curious about your experience with it because you have been in the game for a while. Like you were selling jewelry, I think even our senior year of high school, you mm-hmm. stuff at Glen Echo. And so it's been a while. Um, so even after many years, you still, it, that's still something you like have to work with. Yeah. And that actually riffs off of just connection with people. I have people who have been buying stuff from me since I was 16. Mm-hmm. And there's a sort of loyalty between my customers and I, because yeah. I remember which things they have like if if I don't remember their name right away if they show me what they have I remember the interaction it's like Mm -hmm. all of these pieces are parts of myself that people Mm -hmm. are now a part of as well so then when I raise my prices there is this like pull towards my loyalty of like am I going to hurt my customers am I going to disappoint them or make them feel like I'm leaving them behind so always, even as I raise my prices, I always make sure to keep there's like some pretty exciting things in the low range. Yeah. That even people who can't afford those really high end things can feel like they have something of really good quality. Yeah. And feel like they're supporting me as well and that I'm not leaving anyone behind. So there's like this, this give and take and this That's balance awesome. that I'm trying to achieve. Well, speaking to that too, I'm wearing, I put on all the Kyla jewelry (laughs) to get smaller. Um, So I have the necklace, which I've already spoken to. And I I had more midi rings, but I have two now left. And I have to keep track of there. That's why I give out so many. (laughs) Also, I'll say, I think Morgan has stolen a few of Morgan. Um, I've also stolen stuff from her too. But um, I remember we were like in a parking garage and you had a like a box full of your rings and stuff you were selling it. And it was like, you were about to leave or something. Maybe you're going to Maine with Lena. I'm not sure. But I was like, I really want to get like these from you before you leave. So you like whipped out your box, <laughs> it up. I tried on a bunch and it was, it was just so funny because I had been talking, like we had been talking about me getting something for a while or I'm not even like, I don't really remember. I just remember like being in a parking garage 
And I was like, like always be prepared, <laughs> which was so funny. Also, that's the other thing in high school and stuff like that. When we were living near Washington, D.C., I would take the metro all the time. And I think maybe once or twice I sold some jewelry off my body. Like people are like, oh, I love your earrings. I'm like, 15 bucks. I love that, <laughs> yeah. So there's that's like funny. this other connection of being able to have this, I don't want to say generosity, really. It's more like curiosity and freedom to just be like, oh, you should have it. Mm-hmm. And giving people something that makes them excited or happy is like, I have a lot of power there to be like, oh, you yeah. here. You can have it, but you have to pay me. um okay last question because we've already been talking for a while I don't want to kill your entire holiday (laughs) um so obviously you went to school in Colorado you grew up in the DC area how did you wind up in North Carolina oh my partner here um my whole family left Maryland to move to California while I was in college so I had really no connection there and Maryland whatever Sorry mm-hmm. if any of you live in Maryland. <laughs> um, so I guess this was just the best place to come that still had a big community because there were all these amazing people here, some that I already knew. Yep. Um, some people I had met in high school from the North Carolina Water School, Chapel Hill Water School. Yeah, so you ran into Oliver, moment. right? Hmm? You ran into Oliver? Yeah, shout out to Oliver. Yo. <laughs> He's his own uh, landscaping company. Can be next. <laughs> Cool. Um, but yeah, there was just a big community here and community really is the bread and butter to what I do. And like, I can have a jewelry party, which is kind of my main thing. If I need to pay a bunch of bills, I have a jewelry party and nice. well, so, round so what is a jewelry party? A jewelry party is when I invite a bunch of people over and there's been many iterations of this. There's been a couch sale. There's been porch sale. There's like, I sit on my porch with a whole table full of jewelry and everyone comes by on their way by the house, like a yard sale. Mm -hmm. And then it evolved into a jewelry party where everyone dresses up and we have snacks and drinks and music and people come. I have all my jewelry laid out. We clear out the house and it's like a gallery. And then people come with the sole purpose of buying my jewelry. So there's no like confusion. Yeah, there's no hidden (laughs) like, oh oh, you weren't going to give this to me? Or like, yeah, yeah. Expensive. It's like, you're here now. You're here to buy it. You can't buy it. So there's a little more, it's more comfortable for me. Whereas if I'm going to a craft fair, it's like trying to convince people that I'm the one they should buy it from. Yeah. And a jewelry party is they're here to buy my things. So it's much more comfortable for everyone. The rules are drawn out. Nice. Um, and it's just, I get to see all my favorite people in one place and everyone looks beautiful and feels beautiful. So it's just it's like, like a big happy time. <laughs> it's your own version of like a gallery party kind of thing. Yeah, like an opening. Yeah. Yeah. And That's awesome. we just moved to a really beautiful spot in the country, like 10 minutes out of town. Mm-hmm. And maybe once things settle down, we want to have another jewelry party with other artists as well, where people come to like learn something from the artists, buy their work, support them, especially yeah. after this really financially difficult time. So Yeah. Well, I definitely invite myself to that um, because the goal of this podcast for me is like I was saying with this pandemic, it's not really possible right now, but like ideally I would go to Durham and we'd like sit down and we'd have this face to face. Yeah. Um, So I invite myself to the next one and we'll do this round two. So excited. It'll be like a check-in. See what. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, to end, I want you to plug all the places that people can find you, um, your website, Instagram, go. Okay, let's see. Not very many, just website is kaithemetalsmith.com, K-A-I-T-H-E. Instagram, the alchemist, T-H-E underscore alchemist. Love it. And Ashley will lead you to them all because they're all yeah. weird. I'll have them in the show notes. Yeah. For and sure. for me, I'll just plug myself in case anyone wants to follow <laughs> me. Mine's the Ashley underscore K on Instagram. And then for this podcast, it's called Tapped In. So if you have oh, nice. so, um, <laughs> for pod for like any podcast related questions or advice, since this is day one, you know, learning as I go. Um like the email would just be uh, tapped in connect at Gmail. So send me an email if anyone has any questions or people to interview or whatever. Just want to say, hey, go for it. Um, but yeah, thank you for taking the time. Hopefully I'll have this up ASAP. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I'm going to be doing a bit of a giveaway. So if you... Um, liked what you heard on today's episode and you are so inclined, please, please, please uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere. Um, If you screenshot that review and then send it to me, you can DM me or just tag me in the post if you do a um, you'll be entered into a contest for a $25 Amazon gift card. And I'll be doing that each week um, with each episode. So the more you review, um, if you have money to devices or whatever, the more chances you'll have of winning. Um, But you need to send it to me so you can be entered into the contest. Um, My handle is listed below, but it's at the Ashley underscore K. I hope everyone has a beautiful day. Thank you for joining me. Bye.